0: okay hello and welcome to end credits here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio i'm your host adam a donaldson and joining me today is peter wesley salmon hope you all are doing well in the royal city
1: (laughs) and how is september treating you peter oh september is good i went on a little travel to boston checked out the bull and finch pub uh and if there's any I don't know, people who are blind to media, that is the Cheers Bar. And I checked it out, and it was outstanding. So, yeah, I'm doing quite fine. <laughs> is, has that always been called Bullen Finch? Like, that was, it was its original name back, way back in the day. But right. no, now it's just Cheers. It's just a Cheers Bar. I see. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I was going to
0: ask if you stayed in the Lizzie Borden house, but that's... Uh... That doesn't seem like Peter Salmon speed, so I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll move on. End Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk about the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new crime comedy mystery Confess Fletch, which you can now stream on most of your streaming platforms. Depending on where you are, it might be in a theater near you. Um, It seems the more likely option is the streaming. But uh, that's going to be in the back half of the show for the first half this week. While Peter was in Boston, uh, he was uh, lampshading all of these cinephiles who flocked to Toronto this past week uh, to take in the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, unfortunately, it's a very busy political time, as <laughs> as it mostly is in the, uh, every fall, but Uh, So, In other words, I wasn't able to go Of course, uh, being a movie buff myself um, I did have my eye On uh, The press coverings and the reviews Uh, I am not so much into The whole Which stars came to town and the red carpet thing Uh, Speaking as someone who has worked In the industry and has covered Red carpets Personally um, in, In terms of like media work Covering red carpets is like the worst of the worst in terms of media jobs that's just my. Would be so experience.
1: hectic right it would be it's, uh, it's crazy.
0: it's organized chaos and you have to you know you have to stay behind the rope and you get your two minutes and you get your minute and you're fighting with other people and, well, and
1: celebrity security can be so rough it's well huh? i mean festival security is kind of rough too like uh yeah. i, I, Angel I style. <laughs> like the what the rolling stones did for that one tour it gets, <laughs> it gets crazy
0: i i mean you know, I, I do cut the Rolling Stones some slack because there was that one time where, you know, some people died at a Rolling Stones concert. So um, <laughs> uh, I would still be kind of security conscious of that even 40 years later. But um, there is good things about TIFF, uh, you know, getting to see movies, getting to see a movie uh, friendly crowd. I don't know if they still do this, if they uh, do make the pirate noises when the anti-piracing message comes up. But that was... That Was Did always they,
1: uh, do you know for sure that they still do the anti piracy uh advertisement?
0: That's a good question because I haven't been to Tiff in years, but I, I imagine they do. But uh, every, every screening you go to, it comes up, and every uh, well, not everybody, but a lot, and audibly enough people go, ah, so it's mm. uh, that was always a fun thing that got annoying after the 20th screening, but uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not everybody can afford to go to TIFF and see these films though, right? So I myself, oh, true. I think torrenting is not necessarily awful for certain people, but that does sound like a funny commercial. So yeah. <laughs> props well, to you, TIFF. I would also say- a fun um, chant too. The pirate thing's fun. Pirates are always fun.
0: Yeah, no, and I would also say too that, uh, you, you know, TIFF plays a lot of stuff that is going to come to a theater new year, but as, mm-hmm. you know, as we're, ta- as we may be talking about some of the things coming out of TIFF, you know, film, well, there's a lot of stuff that plays at film festivals that never gets a formal theatrical release or gets a formal VOD release. It kind of just pops up on Tubi one day and uh, five years later. Uh, famously, we're kind of getting off topic right off the bat, but uh, I was, I went to a screening of *The Hole*, which was a Joe Dante movie. I think it was t- 2009. It was at the Ryerson Theater, and literally, someone pulled the fire alarm 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Um, I Ow. still, don't, I still don't how know could how we that do movie that when
1: it's almost done.
0: I don't know I still don't know how that movie ends I mean you can find it on VOD easily enough Now but um, I still still haven't gone back To find out how the whole ends Um, But I remember enjoying it Right up until the fire alarm
1: Um, And you don't want to ruin that Maybe the ending's so bad that uh, Your enjoyable memory towards it Oh that's uh, true
0: I want to remember the fire alarm forever (laughs) Um, Okay (laughs) So our topic, as you may have uh, guessed, is related to the Toronto Toronto International Film Festival. Peter and I have chosen uh, three films that were talked about at the festival and that we have become even more excited to see. Um, Some of them I might have been excited, some of my picks anyway, I might have been excited about uh, before TIFF. But now my excitement is kind of enhanced um, due to the buzz and uh, seeing some of the, the top, the, the best of lists that have come out of the, the festival. Uh, are you, are you eager to uh, check out these TIFF movies, Peter?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, there's been years where there's even more documentaries and focuses that I enjoy, but this mm-hmm. year absolutely had a lot of uh, great content. It had a lot of content. Uh, I find even more higher than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 2018, which I gave more of a major focus to, uh, a list celebrities and just mm-hmm. uh, a larger spread of them too, especially in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. So I thought uh, all of those were some positive elements. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. it's just the topics are it can be a little too historical ones, like you know, like kind of mm. back in the old kingdom days and Renaissance, and that's just not <laughs> fully my jam. But uh, yeah, it, lo- it looks great. It looks great.
0: There, for there's others. Yeah, there's some years where it's like we have all the Oscar movies, and that's that's not necessarily a great look. But uh, let's get into our picks. So, Peter, why don't you kick us off with your first pick for uh, movies that you're looking forward to after TIFF?
1: Um, okay, so even though I am a huge music fan, I, you mm-hmm. know, I love I love songs, jingles, jangles. jangles <laughs> you know, it's art. Uh, I also do like uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited for Weird, the Al Yankovic story, starring Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, uh, trying hard every day to not be Harry Potter. And maybe <laughs> maybe he'll accomplish it with this. You know, maybe he'll accomplish it. Um, I watched the trailer, and, and I honestly, just from that, I think it's really good. And it gives a very over-the-top, extravagant look at Weird Al, which I think for him is makes the most amount of sense uh Mm. the most enjoyable he makes fun of everything Mm -hmm. uh and this includes himself um (laughs) and I think actually like visually Daniel Radcliffe what they've done looks a lot like him Mm -hmm. um but it was actually what uh, caught me off guard is all of the other cast members a lot of people I enjoy um Mm -hmm. Rainn Wilson uh Mm -hmm. always having trouble you know being a movie guy but I I think this is the kind of role for him Dr. Demento that's perfect and might uh Make that easier for him. Uh, And I really love Scott Ackerman, comedy bang, bang creator, uh, Earwolf Podcast. Mm -hmm. He's uh, someone I love. Uh, Oh, most people would know him, of course, uh, Between Two Ferns, Zach Galifianakis. He's the Mm -hmm. co-creator. And he's going to play just a cop. So he might be in it briefly, but uh, (laughs) it'll be great seeing him. And uh, Weird Al, too. It's the same kind of comedy. There can even be some anti-comedy. It's so stupid that it's funny right and that's that's got mm-hmm. ackerman's jam who was also himself uh very present behind the scenes in the 80s more dominantly 90s uh mr show for example mm-hmm. um so i think just the casting all around and like i said i like weird al um and i think this one could be really entertaining i think mm-hmm. uh eric Appel too he's a trustworthy director mm-hmm. uh, um, I enjoy the episodes of Human Giant that he's made, and my absolute favorite is the Andy Milanaka show, which uh, <laughs> Young Me was obsessed with. Um, I relate a lot to the guy, and I don't like Twitch, but I still check him out a lot on, on uh, good old Twitter. Mm. Um, so just knowing that uh, Eric Capel has been a part of so many things like that that are uh, comedic, but you know a little anti-comedy experimentation, I think it's, it's perfect for uh, the Weird Al film, and also Andy milanakis is, is pseudo-reality itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I think it's got a lot of potential.
0: Yes, and it's going to be pretty easy to find, because apparently it's going straight to Roku, the Roku uh, Yeah, channel. but I don't know
1: in Canada if we have access to that, or at least on uh, Bravia TV. I don't have Roku, and I'm a Bravia guy. So
0: I Well, I, I have a Roku stick, um so i can have so i have a smart so so i can make my tv smart um so it i it, the roku channel is available in canada i i guess the question is will it be available on roku through roku on canada because sometimes the, the rights things get kind of mixed up uh, one of the things i will interesting uh, i did note interesting casting uh jack black as wolfman jack uh oh i didn't even right? notice that yeah, I, I yeah. that'll be good uh, Conan O'Brien playing Andy Warhol which uh, honestly
1: if you think about it Conan <laughs> O'Brien his hair dyed white yeah he looks a lot like Andy Warhol I think yep. that'll be perfect
0: yeah and then last but certainly not least uh, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna
1: I'm also <laughs> excited to see why Pablo Escobar is in the film
0: yes that's gonna be interesting <laughs> as well um, it's plus cameos no. by Lynn manuel Miranda and Patton Oswalt so this this movie is uh, going to be crazy, uh, yeah. crazy bad or crazy awesome. I right. I'm not sure which.
1: I also feel bad mentioning uh, not mentioning it already. Evan Rachel Wood, right? I love Westworld, and she's uh, I'm excited to see her more because it's you know it's probably going to end soon. Uh, and I think she could be <laughs> great, with Madonna.
0: Yes, I think she has. Mado- I th- I think she definitely has. She got Madonna, Madonna vibes. She's got Madonna vibes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, my first pick. I probably wouldn't have picked it if it hadn't been pulled from the lineup but it's called the people's joker and it's uh from vera drew and essentially reimagines the the comic book villain the joker as kind of a trans allegory and i was reading the variety review and it makes a point that you know if if you look at a, a lot of these comic book superheroes um they can be taken as trans allegories if you think about superman he is uh an alien who um you know, tries to fit in on Earth by by filling the expectations of what an Earthling looks like while wearing spandex under a suit. Um, so <laughs> when you when you look at it that way, yeah, uh, it it makes even more sense. What I find interesting, and I, you can watch the trailer for the People's Joker online. I I'm not sure how good it is. I like it looks kind of bad on purpose, kind of like uh
1: John Waters
0: yeah it looks kind of like over the top it's, it's definitely over the top but it looks like something like ytv would have done in the 90s as like a show promo oh um, like, Uh-Oh? <laughs> <or> like <laughs> yeah. uh-oh that'd be yeah.
1: cool, a spinoff of uh-oh <laughs>
0: um but it, it is uh it, it i think there is something to this uh like certainly the messages are interesting lampshading this i think one of the th- there are inspirations from all over the batman media ecosphere um there's a direct reference to catwoman's apartment and batman returns in the trailer too but um what i find interesting is joker a billion dollar movie that i think a lot of the people who watched it and loved it took all the wrong messages from it and that seems to be what is being parodied in the people's joker now it's being pulled now uh apparently because there are and this was in the tiff media release that there are licensing issues and it's just like well you didn't think there were licensing issues before you booked the movie it played once at midnight madness and then they pulled the the two subsequent screenings and i i'm curious as to number one uh, this is, there are two options to this number one is uh Warner Brothers completely missed the mark and didn't realize that this was screening at TIFF, which I find highly unlikely. Or if they did realize it, they didn't think it was going to make that big a splash and they decided to to not make a mountain out of a molehill. The second option is they wanted it to run once so they can get some, um, get buzz? some buzz. Yes, exactly. Buzz. Um, Warner comes in looking like the big bad. And of course, uh, Warner is, is developing its own Uh, Joker sequel um, bringing Joaquin Phoenix back in his somehow Academy Award winning role as the Joker Um, (laughs) with uh, Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn it's supposed to be a musical which uh, doesn't instill a lot of interest or promise in my view but still um this is an interesting story to come out of of the people's joker was it fair use does it exist to sort of poke uh, a finger in the eye of warners um is is there something the lack
1: of focus
0: or the uh, lack of focus the batman
1: movies hold or rather don't hold
0: that's that's true too it could be mocking the whole extended universe ideal i don't know um i now now i now i definitely want to see it um i think it probably isn't a Great movie, but um, hey, being pulled from one of the biggest film festivals in the world is great promotion, so there you go. Yeah,
1: well, and I really do think it'll be more of a a campy film, like Purposeful, so... Sure, uh, sure. We'll have to to wait and see.
0: All right, let's get to your number two then, Peter.
1: Okay, so I brought this up uh, regarding what I am anticipating the most in my last Mm -hmm. episode, Mm -hmm. uh, The Fablements from Mm -hmm. Mr. Steven Spielberg, and the reason i am using it now it's not because i like it it's because i think it deserves more focus of how stupid an idea it is it is so <laughs> pretentious that i just can't <laughs> get over it i didn't know because of its name i thought it was going to be like a, a fantasy adventure mm-hmm. but it's it's really just a look at uh, Steven Spielberg's young life and him and film right it's it's super eight it's pretty much super eight without aliens and uh it's just disappointing for me because i thought um He's so great when it comes to blockbusters that I think if it was a fantasy or something more distinct or separate from him as an individual, it could be really great because West Side Story is. So to me, mm-hmm. he's, you know, had a comeback when it comes to the critical reception uh, and it not being based around like war and Cold War, just all that jazz. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Tom Hanks wouldn't do good, but not not for me. Mm. So I was uh, excited for the fablemans. I thought it could be a continuation of my personal viewpoints, revival, positive revival towards Spielberg, but no, mm. I I'm, I'm already hating it. And I think uh, I don't think that'll change once I do view it. I will view it. You can't say you hate something <laughs> unless you view it. And maybe the hate I feel will make it so even not that great, but slightly okay things will feel excellent to me and will become Mm. my favorite film. Who knows? Mm. But I will watch it. But I think it is a flawed idea from old Spielberg. Uh, And it's too bad because I personally love Judd Hirsch, who's going to be an uncle in it. And he's a great uncle. Um, And, you know, because of his age, like, I don't want this to be his last film if I don't like it, right? (laughs) Uh... I, I, you know, I, 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 I think he will live mm-hmm. to 150 but he's 87 he's getting older so each it's each possible. role he picks is important yeah each, exactly each
0: one each one could be his last no i got to tell you fablemans was my number 2 as well uh but i'm all in uh I, okay. I i i was uh i had i have some of those concerns too and there are certainly points in the trailer that are whole like uh Oh, what is? Because Spielberg's mother was a pianist. His father was like a computer scientist or a, a computer expert or scientist or something. And so there's there's this whole dichotomy of art versus science. Uh, is you know dreaming and making movies like a waste of your time? You should do something more productive. The whole thing about movies can you know save your life and you know all of this like stuff. I, I grant you that's that's sort of a little. Uh, saccharine for me, but uh, I mean, I, I if anyone's seen the HBO doc about Spielberg, uh, uh, there's a lot of that in here. Um, like Michelle Williams has his mom's haircut, there's uh, the whole thing about how she bought a monkey one time, like essentially to liven things up at home. Um, it's one of those things that sounds stupid, but it actually happened. His mom bought a monkey one day. Um, <laughs> Uh, the whole, like, his, um, you know, the, uh, the friction that he had with his father, the whole friction between his his parents and how his, his mother was essentially like a flower child before there was such a thing. And his father was much more down to earth. I, I, you know, you feel all of that in the trailer. It really feels like he's really taking a good, hard look at his own life,
1: um, which I hope so. I hard. hope so yeah yeah i hope in a realistic way not a uh over the top mm-hmm. I'm, I'm perfect sort mm-hmm. of way
0: but i mean at the same time this is like a this is spielberg being smaller than he usually is in terms of like the the scope um it's him writing which is something he rarely does he's writing with tony kushner who's sort of become his his reliable screenwriter uh, kushner did lincoln he did munich um, and west side and west side that's right um it's, Which you know, it's a, it's a personal story. He brought it to TIFF and he's never brought anything to TIFF. So, I mean, he he must really believe in in the importance of this and that it really has something important to say about him himself and his life. And the kid who plays, essentially plays little Spielberg. They're not the Spielberg's in it. They're the Fableman's. But the guy, the, the young actor who plays little Spielberg, Gabriel Labelle really looks like a little Spielberg if you see pictures of Spielberg as a kid and then the the, the coup de gras is you get David Lynch playing John Ford in the movie and that'll be
1: interesting that'll be I don't interesting. know
0: how that isn't awesome just sound like if that cameo comes up and it's utterly and completely disappointing <laughs> it will it will crush me because I John David Lynch playing John Ford is everything to me yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> that does seem very excited i've my interest towards fablements has definitely risen okay good okay good
0: it it will be out in theaters in november so we will probably Oh, close pretty close we'll get a chance to revisit it all right so let's get to your number three pick peter
1: okay so number three for me is um the sorry i uh have the
0: he's so excited he lost his place
1: (laughs) i think it's just the opportunity film opportunity rover Mm -hmm. um and i'm really excited for that because i personally am not a huge fan of the whole mars thing you know our our obsession (laughs) our obsession with it um what's the deal with mars Good night Oppie is the name of the film. Uh I'm okay. not excited for this documentary because I don't like the whole Mars thing we got going on. I don't like Elon Musk. I don't like the Amazon guy. I don't I think there still needs to be more of a direct focus on Earth. Yeah. Where yeah. We live I think if we spent more time on how to deal with overpopulation, climate change, everything like that, um, will be safer and help us out more, uh, even more than you know, being able to travel to Mars. Uh, or at least more, more enjoyable. I don't want to give up on earth yet. Is that's what I'm right. Yeah. Um, yep. So good night, Oppie, even though I hold those views, I'm very excited because that's such outstanding footage. It's, it's footage, not on earth. You know what I mean? So that's hmm. exciting to me. Although the still James Cameron's doing what I prefer getting new footage on earth underwater, but <laughs> new footage from something humans have never seen is phenomenal no matter what it is and good night Oppie. i looked at the trailer and when it was going on i did keep up to date with it every once in a while and it's some very fascinating footage and uh i don't know if people remember Oppie is the first one to mm-hmm. find uh water what we you know, now consider was uh dried out water in mars so that's something that's pretty major mm-hmm. uh, but also i think what really uh fuel the Elon Musk and other uh, people's mindsets towards it uh, and you know leaving leaving good old Earth but again it'll be great great footage and it is that I'm most excited for of Goodnight Oppie I also like the name Goodnight Oppie it's, it's cute mm-hmm. um, and I what I'm really excited for is if how much will they be able to get us attached to Oppie how much will we love him will I tear up when he passes at the end will I tear up no spoilers <laughs> no spoilers to anybody he passes. We pass this. Will I tear up? I'll have to wait in November and find out.
0: <laughs> the robot does die a a silent, lonely death on Mars. Um, <laughs> no, it's true that you know it. You know it's it's possible you can get attached to a robot. Why not? Um, that that is a good one. Uh, I I do feel like it, it's a bit like uh, at Astro where they get to the moon and it's just like trademarks everywhere. It feels like that's what we're kind of going for with. Um, elon and jeff and all mm. of those guys and yeah i I'm, I'm i'm firmly in that camp let's let's get earth right before we you know go to other planets and mess them up but
1: yeah exactly
0: um yeah and i and i hear that. it could be like a really interesting look at at mars and um especially since our our sort of gaze is being redirected at the moon again and uh, we have a new telescope in orbit that's getting really cool pictures so yeah seems like a good time for, for that for this kind of doc mm-hmm. all right for something completely different my third pick is women talking it's the new film by sarah paulie and it's her first film in 10 years she has done some like tv directing and made some shorts she she directed alias grace um but it's her first movie in 10 years uh her last film was the doc uh stories we tell which was about her life. Speaking of uh, filmmakers making movies about their lives. Um, So I expect this movie to be really emotionally raw because Sarah Pauly gives no Fs about making you uncomfortable or making you cry, especially when she's telling her own life story and stories we tell. She talks about essentially how she grew up, not knowing that um, her father wasn't her biological father. The man who raised her is was, was not her biological father. She was the product of uh, a different man who, uh, who was with her mom and, uh, and her discovery of that and her connecting to her, birth, her, um, I guess, genetic father. And so, I mean, if, if Sarah Polly is this sort of like probing and introspective and just completely open about her own life, uh, I do wonder what she's going to do with this story. It's based on a book of the same name by Miriam Tao's. Uh, came out in 2018. It's about a Mennonite community where um, a, there, there was a, essentially a serial sex offender in the Mennonite community because it's a closed community. No one ever really talked about it. And this uh, offender ended up going to prison. The, the, the setting of the film is as the men in the town have gone to the police station to bail out the sex offender, the women um, who were his victims meet to talk about whether or not they should Leave the community, whether or not they should take part in the, the police action against him, um, their own feelings and thoughts and, you know, all of that stuff about being sexual assault survivors. Uh, really kind of a dark film, but I, I, I do wonder how much of this will be like oddly redeeming as well. It, it's got a murderer's row of, of people in the cast. Uh, it's Francis McDormand, Rooney Mara, Judith Ivy. Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley and Sheila McCarthy among others. So it's probably going to be a difficult film to watch. Probably a very harrowing film. They've started to release some, th- we haven't seen a trailer yet. And, and that's one of the reasons it, it was not off my anticip. It was not on my anticipated list because I want to actually see something before I invest in in something being anticipated, but uh, they have started to release like promo materials. Um, and the reviews coming out of tiff um from from critics I, I respect and admire were really really
1: strong too so um all those roles that'd be so hard to not be great oh my like with rooney, rooney Mara and uh, francis mcdormand for me that's that's enough yeah. just them being in the film
0: yeah i like the, uh jesse buckley too who i i've never seen her be bad um you know it whether it's like a small role like in chernobyl or whether she's leading the thing like in in men or um oh what was that movie where she's the scottish country singer i can't wild rose i think mm-hmm. um she's she's such a great actress um but yeah it's gonna be difficult to watch for sure um <laughs> but um it's probably gonna be an acting clinic as well and it, it's sarah Polly. so um you know uh Uh, You know,
1: support Canadian, I guess, is the message there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, and just Mennonite uh, information all around. We have a very, we have a lot, right? We have, uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the percentage of population, a lot higher than um, the States. Yeah, uh, our amount of Amish is uh, minimal, very, very minimal.
0: Yeah, we're kind of more Mennonite than Amish, especially in the Guelph, Southwest. like the, the wellington Southwest area a, yeah well majority county. is yeah because you could find a lot of like roadside stands in wellington county where it's like mennonites selling like baked goods and you know farm oh. stuff and oh know. i know oh
1: there's i a, know
0: there's a, there's a whole mennonite store
1: where you can buy a rhubarb pie from for- the mennonites is better than from anybody else in existence oh, yeah. oh, like even yeah. like the best baker and france or wherever it's 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 outstanding <laughs> and it's like the same recipe they had you know like hundreds of years ago but it's right still right right so great so it'd I be don't... nice to through the film to get to see a, a good look at their culture but also the the negatives of it and mm. uh, the sexual harassment they deal with which a lot of times is left out of uh the communities that can't talk about sex itself
0: and also like these enclosed communities that don't like outsiders and you, you
1: know, or have any sex. connections
0: yeah, right. Yeah. So it it's gonna be a tough one, but it's gonna be an interesting one for sure. Um, and now to pivot again, <laughs> we're gonna take a break, <coughs> excuse me, to review Confess Fletch, which um is probably gonna make you laugh more than you cry. Uh which definitely made me laugh more than cry. Anyway, we're gonna review Confess Fletch coming up next. You're listening to end credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM. CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. You could pull some strings and uh, find a police report on someone for me? Oh, Fletch. No way. Way too big an ask. It'd just be a real shame if Daphne found out that you defiled Clara Snow in the supply closet all those years ago. I mean, especially in today's climate, mm-hmm. you were her boss. First of all, it wasn't the supply closet, it was the copy room. And it was a bilateral defiling. Are you really trying to blackmail me? Kind of. You wouldn't. Yeah, you're probably right. On the other hand, I am still under suspicion for murder.
1: <sighs> Who's police report?
0: Owen Tasserly. Write it down, you old bush. He was arrested a while back for something, I don't know what, but I think he might be the actual murderer.
1: I'll see what I can do. Thank you. But hey, if you did kill that girl, do the right thing. And give me an exclusive.
0: Okay, and that was a clip from Confess Fletch. It's the new film from Greg Matola, and it stars John Hamm, Roy Wood Jr., John Slattery, Kyle MacLachlan, Aidan Mayeri, Lorenza Izzo, and Marsha Gay Harden as the Countess, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is based on... The famous series of novels by Gregory MacDonald, it has been, well, not to confess Fletch per se, but the Fletch novels have been adapted twice, Um, 1985's Fletch and 1989's Fletch Lives. Uh, Since that time, uh, numerous people have tried to get a new Fletch going, including kevin smith who uh famously tried for years to get a fletch starring jason lee made uh, i think they were going to do a son of fletch kind of uh thing but uh hey uh
1: this I fletch... think son of fletch would work with jason lee if he's like the kind of son who's really really trying to be as good as his dad but can't manage it <laughs> right because around too much that'd be, that'd be fun uh
0: I, it probably would have been fun 20 years ago but um <laughs> uh the thing about this Fletch, uh, did not see it coming, was on nobody's radar.
1: <laughs> no, they just like dropped it. Yeah. I honestly, uh, even when we chose it, I didn't know because I thought I would have heard about it more. I didn't know it was related to Fletch, mm-hmm. like the original Fletch. Mm-hmm. I just thought Fletch was maybe a word. Like I wasn't like fetch. It was, you know, <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I, I didn't even process it being related <laughs> to the, the Chevy Classic.
0: Yeah, Yeah. But
1: I'm think- very okay. It was.
0: Yeah, they stopped making trying they they trying to make fetch happen, if you'll recall. Um yeah, it's are are you familiar with the Chevy classics? I am not.
1: Oh yeah, I watched the uh, first two, absolutely. My okay. uh grandpa he was my grandpa was born in the twenties, so it's not like he watched these like when he was younger, but uh, he loved this kind of comedy. So yeah, I watched mm. a lot of Chevy Chase and the Sandman with him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, I actually would say I preferred this fletch to the original.
0: Mm. um
1: the original is i would say a lot more of a long form uh comedic work it's a cool funny idea and we do see a lot of chevy chase and fun get-ups so some physical too mm-hmm. but overall there isn't an extensive amount of quips whereas there is in this there's a lot of just one-liners that old fletch prints that i i thought were uh, very enjoyable and um even though he didn't dress up as much that added to the uh, spruce his uh, different identities, hold the uh, their characteristics and um, individuality of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was very impressive with John Hamm. Uh, my only complaint is I don't think overall John Hamm is as good regarding physical comedy as Chevy Chase. I think there's mm-hmm. a couple okay scenes where he's great at that, but uh, overall not to the extent of the OG Fletch. Mm-hmm. But still, I thought great. Like I, I would still say uh, John Hamm above average regarding that. But some, uh, they kind of fell flat. Hmm.
0: Um. It, it's it's sort of well suited to John Ham's post madman career as a, uh, I don't know, a a, a handsome doofus. Uh, you know, if, if you see his um his like skip the dishes ads and and some other things he's done he's kind of leaning hard and it's like yeah i'm a good looking man but i'm i can also be dumb and funny and uh that's that suits me i've never really felt the need to revisit to or visit for the first time even the, the fletch movies i don't find chevy chase a very interesting oh. per- person i i i mean it could be like his real life persona cuz he's such a kind of sleaze bag and in real life it, it yeah,
1: exactly but it pays <laughs> off well for the films okay. i, I love i love pierce i'm well, i'm part of the problem i pierce is my favorite in community i'm part of the problem i'm part of the problem
0: well i mean he's fine at community because he's like part of the ensemble and so like everybody sort of gets a chance to shine when, when chevy chase is kind of on his own um is, is kind of where he the, the, the sort of self in, inflation comes uh,
1: in i don't know christmas national lampoons they're they're pretty great they're pretty great but uh, yeah I, I mean, you can hold whichever point of view you want i re- I respect it
0: yeah okay well fair enough um, you, but,
1: I, I would expect then um and i think it's people should know uh yeah. are you glad that old chevy chase was not in this reboot of it or rather sequel
0: uh well i think it's a it's a reboot it's not a sequel it's not connected to the the chevy movies at all i think they just they just drew one of the the fletch books that hasn't been adapted yet and are trying to start it. i mean there is that's what weird that's what's weird about this i'm just like kind of dropping this on streaming is that it, it feels very much like they're trying to do what kenneth brana did with the the poirot films it's like we're trying to set up like the series of like detective stories um except they didn't have the money or the support of a studio <laughs> um and and because it does kind of set it up for a sequel at the end um when the, john slardy's newspaper editor calls fletch and says like hey i got another story for you that that, that did seem like a obvious sequel setup i i think hmm where to start i think because John Hamm is so strong in the central role. I liked, uh, I liked the way he was bouncing off Roy Wood Jr. Who plays it straight and Roy Wood Jr. Doesn't, if you see his daily show stuff, uh, it it definitely leans into like angry black man comedy. Uh, But here he's playing it completely straight as, as this detective. And I also like the, the junior detective he's with um, Grizz uh, played by Aiden, Mary she was really good as well, um, as kind of <laughs> kind of like a balance between uh, Ham and Wood. It, uh, I love the the dynamic between those three. I wish there was more of it in the movie because um, some of the other characters, like Marsha Marsha I like Marsha. Uh, I did not like the Countess; that seemed a little too over the top. And, oh yeah, absolutely, Marsha Marsha isn't an over the top uh kind of actress uh lorenza Izzo. i was okay uh
1: well i don't know what really sure reasoning for being in it is it was was she love interest or just someone to kind of help him out because she's the Mm. like i know she's the daughter of the guy but uh Mm. she's also just kind of a liar and wasn't super helpful
0: yeah her motives are not that's the thing too is um the, the whole mystery part of it Was not very well explained. Like this, you know, it's not like where you can follow the pieces bit by bit i mean i understood the mystery but when i read this synopsis... i think that's part of it.
1: it's supposed to be purposely a bit like that too and uh but... also because he changes his persona there's supposed to be some confusion even for for the viewer i i so i think that's why it was um not a super in-depth look at the case i don't but... know I,
0: I read the synopsis for the novel and i understood I understood it better sort of reading it on the page than I understood it watching the movie and and that's not great cuz you should be able to <laughs> to watch the movie and check all the boxes not, not 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 that it should be easy for you to figure it out of course but you know when you get to the end of the mystery and you're you you have to pause the thing to work it out in your own head about who was doing what to whom and who was Uh, a double agent who was a triple agent and who was double crossing who and why did this person die and why was this person bopped in the head and what
1: happened here that's but that's also what was going through Fletch's mind right so
0: (laughs) I suppose yeah
1: (laughs) also I want to note uh, Mm -hmm. the one my favorite thing and what Mm -hmm. made me laugh for like I don't know like 10 minutes even though it's not (laughs) it's not that funny Mm -hmm. Uh, just his his first uh, line being uh, I am I am Fletch I just I yeah. love it. His name's I am flesh. I have It's his gold. It's genius, <laughs> uh, and that made me yeah uh, really brighten up. So I just want to say, and that's the beginning. So uh, even if you don't want to finish it, people could just watch that little bit. It's the, like...
0: the start is really really strong when he walks into the apartment and he finds the dead body and he and he calls the main police line and he's like, yeah, I I'm here in by this house I've rented and there's a dead body here. And, yeah, where's and, the and, middle bit? <laughs> gets-
1: and he's boring. like
0: <laughs> and he says well what do you mean i should call nine one one? the emergency part is over they're dead it's like that that is a lot of fun and then when when roy wood jr comes in and, and it's the detective and um and he's like you're a murder suspect he's like well how am i a suspect i like called in i called it in i'm standing here i waited for you i'm <laughs> it's like that back and forth is is so funny it's so mm-hmm. good and yeah it's it, honestly
1: just the inclusion uh of people like the countess and such where it it takes away time from uh the positives you're discussing
0: it yeah i think it gets a little muddled there's uh annie mamolo mamolo annie mamolo comes in as this next door neighbor eve and i don't know if there was a lot of like if if the direction to her was like just like improv and just like riff and because there seemed to be like a real imbalance to that scene where she was just like going a mile a minute and ham's like "Uh uh-huh uh -huh uh-huh that's the uh-huh, scene uh-huh. I
1: was talking about um, yeah. it's the one where um a lot of uh, john ham's kind of physical actions in yeah. the kitchen are not very comedic I think the big like fire one at the end in the cut uh mm-hmm. is is comedic but that's more on her than it is john ham so yeah, yeah. I, yeah i'm I'm on your side regarding uh her role not necessarily her acting but uh that one scene that could have been like my favorite part but uh fell flat
0: yeah it felt like it it almost felt like it was from an entirely different movie. He walks into an entirely different movie when he goes into her house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And it's the same thing when he, you know, he runs into the countess and then there's like kind of this comedy of errors where she has to, you know, move into the same house he's been living in. And, you know, th- this whole, uh, is there sexual tension? Is there not like what's going on here? That's not really well executed either. It's, uh, it, you know, some of it, cuz i you know i wanna like this movie and i did find it very enjoyable like i like the, i liked it a lot a lot of the gags and stuff are like the one liners are are so funny like uh, but uh the whole thing where he's interviewing the uh, the one woman um posing as a as a fashion reporter and she's talking she's talking about bes- bespoke and she has no idea what that means she knows it's a word they use in fashion and then it that comes around to that gag later when she says to like this guy didn't even know what bespoke meant <laughs> it's it's kind of funny like there's a lot of really smart kind of dialogue in that um that kind of unfortunately comes and goes uh were you a madman fan by any chance
1: i love madman okay Absolutely, so without a doubt it's so you were finale d- you it's were finale d- is my favorite it's my number one favorite finale so you were down uh, for the.
0: So you were down for the Don Draper Roger Sterling reunion.
1: Oh yeah, I love John Flaherty just all around. <laughs> uh, so that was incredible seeing him, and I think it's a real uh, John Hamm kind of screw you to society, being like, oh, he's, he's the Mad <laughs> Men guy, he's got to get out of that, right? He's like, uh, you know what? I'm great no matter what. You don't <laughs> need to forget about Mad Men. I'm going to bring this guy in. You're still going to love the film and view me as John Hamm this character, and he accomplished it. It works well i thought john slarity was a lot of fun in it and um i'm like uh weird the weird owl one i discussed where mm. I, I still do think a pinch of harry potter i think that can still pass uh <laughs> I, I view john ham as john ham and uh yeah know, he's, a, he's a great enough actor that i think um he's gone past the uh he's just don draper uh mm. phase we were in
0: yeah he's never really kind of owned that like he didn't You know, finish Mad Men and then go make another movie where he's playing something draperish. That's that's always been interesting to me. That he's always kind of try and leaned away from playing handsome leading man types. John Hamp's always been. I don't know if I told this story on the, the this show before, but he's he was jenna he was dating jennifer westbach i think her name was uh she was a like a filmmaker she did um kissing jessica stein and a couple other movies but he was in a movie that she directed called friends with kids or something like that i can't remember it off the top of my head but uh there's a scene where he it's these two couples. John Hamm is uh, with I, I think it's I think he's his wife's like Bell in the movie if I remember that correctly. I'm going to look some of this up while I'm talking because I'm just throwing assumptions all over the place. But they're they're taking this elevator up to the apartment of another one of their friends, and there's a whole dialogue scene going on. But um, John Hamm t- it, John Hamm's character isn't taking part in the conversation. So they're taking this elevator up. And your eyes kind of focus on Ham. And he's just kind of like looking around the elevator like with a squint. And it's like nothing, like he's doing nothing. He's just looking around this elevator like he's kind of like he he just woke up and he's hung over and he doesn't know how he got there. It is bizarre, but I was so mesmerized by John Ham in this one stupid scene where he says nothing. Um and, and uh I I I always remember that. Anyway, yes, Jennifer Westfelt directed Friends with Kids co-starring Chant uh, John Ham and he was married to either Kristen wig or Maya Rudolph in that movie I can't remember and I'm not going to read this block of text about the synopsis on Wikipedia, but end of story, John Ham uh, it he has always had this kind of crazy comedic charisma that uh is well exploited in fletch if he's not in if he's not in this as fletch i would understand why this got dumped on some random september weekend on vod but i do not understand i still do not understand how this just like appeared suddenly in the in the queue
1: yeah well (laughs) i just hope it's doing well because i I do agree with a lot of the flaws you mentioned it's it's Mm -hmm. funny it's funny enough to watch it's funny yeah 90 minutes yeah uh, 90 fine. minutes Hi, Wait, a higher yeah a higher uh comedy average than usual i would say for uh modern work so yeah if you like comedy you like laughing uh, check it out for sure even though it does hold some flaws the 98, middle gets a little minutes, meh.
0: 98 minutes it hits it and quits it that's what i want from a comedy <laughs> um and it's from greg Matola too who did like super bad
1: and um, yeah that's one of my uh I, I, I can't believe i didn't mention that yeah super bad 13 uh, year old me in theater i, I one of my favorite films super bad uh, Adventureland, yeah. yeah yeah and adventure land's phenomenal too young me didn't get it i didn't really get it but uh <laughs> i got still, i got it it's, i was it's an outstanding film too i was it's, a bit acting as jesse eisenberg
0: yeah i was a bit older than you when i saw it so <laughs> i got it um <laughs> i just expected bill Hader's
1: character to be exactly like the cop and he wasn't you know but uh no he's a great director he had the one slump but uh this I think uh, overall regarding its reviews and uh the comedy it brings forth is a, is a comeback what do you what, what do you think his slump is? uh the keeping up with the Joneses
0: oh that's fair yeah although mm-hmm. that again he did work with ham in that movie so they seem it's kind to... of funny I
1: just uh it's yeah. reviews in like box office it was a bomb
0: yeah i I have it's not got seen some it, laughs but it's uh I, I was not uh I, I did not I was not down with it from the trailer. I just it did not seem I'm personally also I'm not an action comedy guy. And you know, to sell to sell the idea that um oh, what's her name? Um who was in keeping up with the Joneses, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, yeah. Yeah, Isla Fisher. To assume that Isla Fisher is like some schlubby suburban housewife who her husband, who is Zach Galvanakis, who is legitimately schlubby, that he would like have like he would be having like seven year itch not uh, being married to Isla Fisher kind of uh, kind kind of kind of uh, works against the suspension of disbelief there but <laughs> whatever uh, but I mean so there, there, but there was something and I do find it interesting you have Greg Matola reteaming with with John Ham for this so they must
1: and still comedy he knows what he's doing yeah, he knows what he's yeah. good at
0: so I I think Greg Matola has a pretty good idea of what John Ham can do um comedy wise and i think that's why ham is the standout in this is because um he knows what ham can do he knows what ham's range is and they they work the script to that uh john ham was a producer on this and and greg matola co-wrote the screenplay so there there is some kind of alchemy here i just wish that some of the other because there are a lot like lucy punch plays is, is a character and lucy punch is really funny um kyle mclaughlin i wish there was more kyle mclaughlin in this
1: me too i love kyle mclaughlin he was what? in it like an okay amount and i loved his, uh, the, the, his obsession with edm and then boats as per <laughs> usual was funny <laughs> but that's uh that's why yeah he could have been in it more because he was it was funny his character was a comedic one
0: yeah you know it's so it's yeah i feel like we just like scratched the surface with with some of these characters
1: whereas other ones could have been cut out like you know, yeah nice it's- like, uh, like Angela and the Countess uh, and that also I feel bad this was both women <laughs> but that also would have allowed more time for Grizz uh Aiden Mieri, and she, she was hilarious right
0: she, well, Grizz was great um I wish there was more stuff with uh with Slatterty's newspaper editor I love the the idea mm-hmm. of this like this man who's like been in the newspaper business forever and is probably past his prime like the, the, the businesses has, has passed him by like he has this whole scene about how you know the millennials won't come into work after the pandemic <laughs> they don't want to come into the office they want to work from home um and, you know the whole back and forth with him and fletch and fletch own it, owing him money and owing him a story and it's uh you know it, it's it's also interesting when you you, you factor in the the, the ham Slarity relationship from Mad Men, but you also factor in that Slarity was um, Bradley in Spotlight. He was the the managing editor of of the Boston Globe in Spotlight. So you get these, you get all these little tendrils. Um, I guess if you're movie nerds like us that you kind of dig into, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I wish I understand this is based on a novel and, etc but yeah i i wish they'd like cleared out the countess cleared out the the love interest do it ham Roy Wood, uh mary uh mclaughlin slarity there you go that's a movie and uh yeah it,
1: and it would have been like perfect
0: i don't know if it would have been perfect but i think it would have oh, like for
1: a comedy okay I, well it, it, it
0: would have been a little punchier i think because th- those are your star players and everyone else was just it, it, it just didn't work but um fortunately those like scenes are kind of spaced out enough that you can jump to a, the, a mclaughlin scene and then be satisfied and then if you go on a side trip to the countess or whatever it's like well you you can sit through that because you're going to get to another scene where uh ham and roywood jr are going to be you know rat-a-tat-tatting and
1: yeah yeah oh absolutely absolutely it's um it's not even though we said it's uh the pacing can be a little rough in the middle. There's still mm-hmm. enough sprinkles of comedy there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. up until the end, there's laughs.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's. I don't think it's a bad. I, I just saw this mention online too. Like a lot of people are saying, it's a bad looking movie. And maybe if what you see that? it, what do you mean bad like looking? The, they don't like the cinematography. Essentially,
1: <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> It's, well, co- it's comedy why does cinematography need to be the focus it's Not some yeah, something like art comedy
0: look i don't know like roger Deacons wasn't available i don't know uh, but <laughs> the, it just I, I i saw that reference a number of times that it's a bad-looking movie maybe it's a thing if you're lucky enough to find it on the big screen somewhere it doesn't look as good uh looking at it on streaming it was fine but i just thought i'd mention that before we we wrap up it that's that's a comment other people made but i, I don't think this the cinematography is the problem
1: with no and uh everybody's going to be watching it on demand right i i don't think too many are going to see it in theaters so
0: no i I,
1: yeah so don't need to worry as much about that
0: i don't think it's playing like anywhere near me i i took a minute to look it up and it's like find me a theater with confess fletch and it's like well it's on demand what are you even talking about anyway (laughs) we will wrap up there and uh say good night to fletch we may never see it's type again. Anyway, that's it for this week's show. We hope you liked it. If you want to listen to us again, you can find us on our website, radio show.com. We are on the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday, Friday on Podbean, And you can find us through your favorite podcast app at Apple Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. While you're on the Spotify, you can find the playlist for the music that you hear on end Credits. Just open up Spotify Spotify. Ugh, tongue tied here at the end. And uh search search end credits on CFRU on spotify there you go may have to do a second take of this intro all right <laughs> you can find us on social media we're on facebook at end credits radio show and on twitter at end credits radio and peter where can people find you on the internet?
1: as per usual mr tarak on good old uh youtube and twitter
0: i'm glad i'm not the only one having brain farts here at the end uh <laughs> <laughs> I will be back here on CFRU tomorrow at 5 p.m. for news and politics on Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. There is an election going on, and that is pretty much our life these days. So please tune in and enjoy all of our hard work there. Uh, in the meantime, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can find my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. And you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca wealth Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another great edition of End Credits mm-hmm. and we will see you then.